Hey folks, another uh, episode of Builders Problem Solved, Mick Hawes Builders Business Black Belt. And this evening, as uh, I promised, and let me just get set up here properly so I can uh, read the comments. Uh, Wayno is with us, I can see. So if you're watching live, please throw a comment in the, uh, the comment section. So we know you're there because this system that we're using here just tells us how many people are watching, not who's watching. So the only way I know that you're there is throw in a comment to say hi and uh, maybe let us know where yous is. So we've got Leezy and we've got Wayno thus far, but I know that there's more of you out there. So throw a comment in to say g'day. So as I said in the uh, promotional stuff for this evening, it's all about mentors, uh, the value of having a mentor, the, the value of being a mentor, um, and who we've got on this very special evening uh, is my very, very, very first ever mentor, Mr. Ian Seagale, and he's all the way up in uh, Sydney somewhere. And uh, we had a mad rush to get him on here this evening because the first computer didn't work. So we threw that out the window and we finally got an Apple computer, which always works. So, <laughs> so there you go. How are you this evening, Mr. Ian? Well, just awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> if it got any better, it would be a sin. If you read one, that's the truth. Wonderful. Hugh said uh, evening as well. Good evening, Hugh. So um, the reason I, I wanted to talk to you, as I've mentioned, is that, that you were my very, very first mentor. Um, can you just give us the real, the, the, the very short version of the story of how we first met? What were we doing? Well, we were back in the bad old days of selling life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> So I was the trainer and you were the one of the, uh, the sales agents out there. And uh, as I recall, and I, you've told the story so many times, you know it better than I do. Uh, but as I recall, uh, we had some interaction and I suggested that there's a, a book that you needed to read based on our conversation. And the book was... Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I just happened to have I prepared earlier. It's up on the bookshelf still. Uh, this isn't the exact copy. No, because my, copy, because my copy just towards uh, probably about three-quarters of the way through in the margin in pencil, and when you get to this point, call me and I'll take you to lunch. That's right. And after about three weeks, I said, how's, how, so how's that book going? And you said, oh, so <laughs> awesome, so awesome. I'm almost done. And I went, yeah, right. Yeah. I was found out. I was found out that I wasn't a reader. Um, so uh, in Ian's wisdom, he um, he said, here, listen to these cassettes, which I don't have here, but I do remember them, and it was see you at the top, Zig Ziglar. Uh, and I still think that all of that stuff is is so relevant and valuable today, you know, all of the Zig stuff. But um, 
I guess what I wanted to talk to you about th- this evening, and uh, if you've got any questions out there, make any comments out there. Uh, Michael Wilkinson is also watching us this evening. Good evening, Michael. Um, is number one the, the the value of being mentored, and you know, I want I want to briefly talk about that, but I don't want the 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 focus of tonight's discussion to be totally on. Uh, you know, why you should get a mentor. I mean, it, it should be self-evident. I mean, v- v- no elite athlete on the planet goes into competition alone without a coach. They just don't. Uh, Nathan is also with us. Good evening, Nathan. Um, so it just makes sense to have have someone to to help you through the, the ugly bits and a third set of eyes and all of that sort of stuff. That makes sense. We want to talk about that a little. But really what I want to get to is the value of mentoring and particularly for a building business, you know, so you can mentor your apprentices, you can mentor your, your, your team members, you can even mentor your subcontractors, your suppliers, you can help them run a better business, have a better life and everybody wins. So I want to unpack that as we go. So who were your um, uh, first mentors or most influential mentors and why? Well, can, can we just, before we get in there, can we just step back a little bit? Okay. Because I think it's important to clarify what's the difference between a mentor and a coach yeah. and a mentor and a manager. So I think it's quite clear, obviously, the difference between a mentor and a manager, right? Manager, you're there to see, get the job done. But the question is, what's the difference between a mentor and a coach? So maybe you can get some feedback from the guys and see what they have to say about it. Possibly. They just may sit there silently. (laughs) That might be best if you can. Well, what's your perception? What's your perception of the difference between a mentor and a coach? Well, I I suspect the coach is is more someone who who, – uh, challenges you and pushes you and gets you to go to, I guess, uh, places that you didn't thought didn't think you could. So that you know the the coach walking along beside the the swimmer in the swimming pool is sort of saying one more lap and and working on technique and this that and the other. Uh, mentor, I guess, is is more of a supportive, uh, guiding. Uh, Supplying wisdom and experience, I guess. What's your version? Yeah, so I look at it like that as well. And so except in my view, um, while the coach cares, the mentor really, whether you do it or you don't, big deal. So imagine going out for lunch with the mentor and you say, mentor, this is my issues, and you have a long chat and, you know, you have a good feed. And at the end he says, all right, good luck then. Hang in there, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. Whereas, so there's no real, I mean, yes, there's an emotional involvement, but it's like you do it great. You don't do, well, no skin up my neck. We'll see you the next week or whenever we get together. Whereas a coach has a level of investment in the outcome. So having said that then, let's completely rebrand this conversation and call it the value of being coached and the value of coaching because, uh, you know, my memory of of your support back then was uh, you did have an interest, you did give us stuff, uh, it wasn't here's the information, good luck, good night, 
it, it, there was a lot more than that. And and what I want for our builders too is obviously they've got buy-in um, and and if they, they give the support, give the guidance and uh, give a toss uh, for their, their team, for their subbies, for their suppliers, I think uh, they, they've got the opportunity to build a tremendous business. Mm-hmm. So... Who were your influences? From a coaching perspective, I I think the the first um, what I call real sales manager that I ever had, um, and he was a big influence on me. He would never he would never tell me what to do. He would invest the time to, and sometimes it's so frustrating because I knew he knew the answer, and it was just like. For goodness sake, just tell me the friggin' answers I can get on with it. <laughs> but he, he just, he would not tell me the answer. Even to the point he would sometimes say, you know what, I think it's a good one for you to go and research and let's, let's come back and you can maybe tell, give me some ideas of things that you found out. Because he was a great believer in that you know the answer. Uh, you have the answer within you. And if you don't, you need to find out. Because then when you discover the answer for yourself, now it's your answer, not mine. So I think from that perspective, um, he was a wonderful coach. Um, and and th- it wasn't soft. I mean, it wasn't a pushover. Uh, you know, so as an example, if we were talking, because back then he was a salesman, we were talking sales, and he'd say, okay, well, uh, so how are you going to achieve your numbers this month? And I'd say, well, I've got this and this and this plan. And he would look at my plan and immediately see holes. But rather than tell me the holes, he'd say, okay, so um, based on your plan, what holes do you see in it? Hmm. Well, holes, it looks pretty good to me. So he'd say, well, take another look. If you were sitting in my seat, what holes would you see? Hmm. That's the kind of um, Socratic teaching, if you like, that he delivered and that had a huge impact on and, and the value of that, because I, I, just as you said that, I, I was um, remembering a conversation I was having with one of our, our Black Belt members um, the other day and it was all about, uh, you know, the, the, the pressure um, that, that that member felt and the frustration that they were experiencing because, you uh, you know, no one really cared as much as they did and they kept getting interrupted all of the time. So their team members forever, you know, phoning up, texting, knocking on the door, whatever, to ask questions. And he just said it's never ending, you know, and and many of them keep asking the same questions. I've given them the answer before, yet they still won't take responsibility, figure out the issue. They keep coming to me immediately um, once they come up against a bit of resistance to ask a question to get the answer. Um, why does that happen? Because we've trained them. <laughs> so we didn't do what your coach you were just talking about. We didn't do what he did. Well, you know, um, we teach people how we want to be treated. So if they come to you and they're looking for answers and you give them the answers, well, so give, me, give, give me an example. We have in the mornings we probably get about a dozen cockatoo show up for breakfast. And they make a, they, they crap all over the place, make a mess, <laughs> but they're really cute. 
and they will sit there until we give them bread. Now, truthfully, these guys know how to go and feed themselves, but why go feed yourself if you can come to the seagull household and get uh, really nice soy and linseed bread? <laughs> yes. I was thinking as you were saying that, you know, some people out there listening, some builders are out there listening, and, and in, instead of them seeing the cockatoos coming to, to the deck, they were seeing their subcontractors and their team members come, coming onto site, and they're sort of all sitting there waiting for the, the bread to be giving out, but the bit that got me was they all turn up and shit, make, you know, shit on the ground. That's right. <laughs> make a mess. That's, well, that's what they do with your wisdom. They should and make a mess. Yeah. You know, if you look at, um, you know, whatever your religious affiliation, doesn't matter, but, you know, one of the greatest teachers towards the planet was uh, was Jesus Christ. And, and really, he either told stories or I asked questions. And they wrote books on him. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, I guess what I'm saying is, as long as you're dishing out the answers, why should they think for themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Um, notice a few more people have joined us. Please say hello in the comments section. And if you've got any questions about um, how you can apply or what's the, what's the best way you can begin to apply a coaching uh, philosophy or a coaching approach to your business, throw those questions in the comments section because that's what we're here to do this evening is to give you some, some uh, tips and hints and some actions to, to start to implement into your business so you can start to coach your guys. And, and it doesn't have to be weird either. It just it, it really can be in simply the form of just a, a helping hand. And, and, you know, telling, by the way, isn't coaching. Howdy, Scott Carson, yourself. What uh, may, maybe someone can throw an example of a typical question that they've answered, you know, thousands of times and, they keep coming back. What's a yeah. question? So if you do, if you've got, if you've got uh, a, a specific issue you might have with with one of your team members or the team as a whole uh, that keeps popping up all of the time, just pop that in the comment section so we might be able to unpack it and uh, give you some ideas on how to um, how to deal with that. Steve Glover says good evening as well. Good evening to you. Uh, you're uh, obviously at home working on your why. We've had a bit of a conversation today through the uh, through the Facebook group um, about the why, uh, and uh, Steve is making tremendous progress. It's uh, great stuff. Adam is also here as well. Hello, Adam. So um, I just made, made a comment there. It doesn't have to be weird. And I, I just get a sense that when we're talking about the business owner now needs to become the coach, they might think it's a bit weird and, and they might feel a bit strange about it, but, but they shouldn't, should they? I mean, they, it, it really is just a different way of helping, isn't it? Well, let's put it this way. If they're feeling that it's a bit weird or strange, they have a certain point of view. Now, it's not to say their point of view is right or wrong. It's just a point of view. Yeah. So um, what if they shifted their point of view from being weird or from oh, these guys keep coming to me with the same problems over and over again? And what if instead of seeing it as that, what if they saw every time someone came to ask you, you went, fantastic, learning opportunity. 
This is a learning opportunity for them. It's a learning opportunity for me. So the learning opportunity for them is to learn how to get the answer now and forever. And the learning opportunity for me is to learn how to ask questions that doesn't give the answer, for me to practice my coaching skills, for me to uh, – so it's a great learning opportunity as opposed to, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Right? So, you know, the Japanese have a, a wonderful saying – to go fast, you need to go slow. And essentially what they're saying is that, yes, initially it takes time. It takes time to ask questions and um, try and find out what your staff member's point of view is and why they see the world the way they see it and why they keep coming to you with the same question and they haven't got it. It takes time. But once they actually start to get it and they start to get that you are not the knower of everything, and the you know fountain of wisdom that you in fact you're not even you're not even going to give them answers that they need to start thinking for themselves once they actually get that all of a sudden you start to notice these people aren't coming to me anymore now I also would have a, as a um, I have a hallucination if you like that this part of them because it was part of me that actually enjoys being the fountain of wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A thing of significance, perhaps. Yes, I quite like the idea that come to me. (laughs) So there are a couple of there are a couple of issues that we need to overcome here. The first one is when when you said, um, you know. the, the Japanese saying, I can't remember the exact words that you use because the, the one, one that I remember that I uh, quite often quote is, is uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Right. I've heard a, a fair few racing drivers talk about. And you're basically saying that <clears throat> you've got to see it as an opportunity. It takes a little bit of extra time. And I almost heard somewhere out there uh, people go, that all m- might be all right for some, but I don't have time for that. I've got to build the house. That's true. It's got to go now. So what's what? How do we approach that? So again, it, it it's a decision that you have to make. You know, it's the old quality versus quantity decision. It's you know, uh, do you invest the time now and save the time later, or do you not invest the time now and it keep coming to bite you in the backside day in day out? Is it? it let's put this way: there's, there's a price to pay. The question is, do you want to pay now or do you want to pay later? But you will pay the price. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love you to share with us, and, and you know, I, I hope that I segue this and you know what the hell I'm talking about. Otherwise, <laughs> this isn't going to work very well. But, but many moons ago, you were down here and uh, you were talking to our members, and, and you gave a tremendous analogy about when you've got a lot going on. Uh, what do we do first? Because there's a fair bit going on. And basically the setup was you're in a boat in right. the middle of a lake with lots uh, lots of crocodiles, um, the boat's sinking because it's got a hole in it, you're nowhere near the shore, you've got oars, you've got a gun, and you've got a bucket. What do I do? So the great setup. Thank so you. so you're, you're in this boat, you're headed for, you know where you're going. You're headed for the island. In other words, you're in the boat, you're going to build the house, you know it's got timelines, everything, right? But every day you are faced with crocodiles. And in this, in this water, 
passage of water that you have to cross, there are multiple, multiple crocodiles. Now, you're trying to get across this ocean or this lake, whatever it is, and you've got a hole in the boat, and you've got one oar, and you've got a rifle. Now, trouble is, if you stand up and shoot the crocodile, the boat stops and takes on water. So, But if you just keep rowing, you haven't got enough momentum, so the crocodile can jump in the boat and have you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? So what do you do? How do you, because this is, and this is just an analogy, but it's an analogy of what is real in life. We've got all these challenges that we're facing on a daily basis. Our to-do list is off the charts. We've got all these things to do. Got to get done, got to get done. How do I get there? And if I do this, then I can't do that. And if I do this, I can't do that. What do you do? And so the answer is that you've got to do it all, but in small chunks. So we talk about, you row one and you shoot one. And you row one and you shoot one. <laughs> and you row two and you shoot two. And then you row two more and you shoot two more. And then you row three. And slowly, as you, the boat starts to pick up momentum, what happens to the water in the boat? Hmm. The Venturi effect, I believe. Yes. And so the water starts to run out and you start to gain momentum and pretty soon you're on your way. And that's really essentially the same thing when it, when it comes to coaching. Yes, it does take time up front. Yeah. So if for whatever reason uh, you're running out of time and people come to you on the job and have the question, evaluate the question. And ask yourself, okay, is this question, is it going to be a train smash if I don't give them the right answer right now? And most of the time it's not. So then fine, say, look, you know what, come to me at morning tea or come to me at lunchtime and let's talk about it. Yeah, if it's a if, if the wheels are about to come off and it's looking like the crocodile is about to jump in the boat, pick up the rifle and shoot the crocodile. <laughs> Give them the answer and get them on their way because you've got things to do. But at the end of the day, really, just before you dive in, it's the whole between stimulus and response. There's a gap, right? So before you dive in, because you've got the stimulus. Hey, Bob, what did I do here? Right? You get that's the stimulus. Just pause and think, okay, where are we up to? Is this a coaching or learning opportunity? Do I have time for it? Or is it, or really, can it wait? Or if it needs to be done now, then get it done. It's not an either or, it's an end. Yeah. And I really love that analogy from the perspective of what we're trying to do here because it, I, I think that by suggesting this, it is all too easy for people to think, oh, so what you're basically saying from tomorrow on, every time somebody comes to me with a with a question and the same old dumb question, I've got to go stop and I've got to ask them and get them to figure it out themselves and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, no, it is, as Ian said, row one, shoot one. You've got to be very selective. And I think it, you've got to have a... Uh, at least the way I interpret this, a, a bit more of an entrepreneurial approach to each day. So the entrepreneur, their focus is to look at what they quote unquote have to do, what is what are the actions that are required of them every day, and they will put some part of their day and some part of their effort and action into just taking one thing off that list so it doesn't ever show up back on their list again. So they are reducing the amount of actions on their list little by little 
that are required of them. So you can outsource, you can delegate, you can automate, you can just stop doing some things and it doesn't make any difference. And you just do that a little bit by little bit by little bit and it can make a profound difference. Um, and by doing that, I suspect that after a little while, so if, if, you, if you just take one question tomorrow and have the approach that Ian was talking about and then you know, just answer the rest because you haven't got time to answer all of them. Yes. Yeah. And 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 that, then you'll have a little tiny little bit more time the next day and maybe you might be able to answer two or, or coach two questions. And then the next day it might be four and so on, you know, and it, it really is the good old law of the farm or the, the um, um, exponential curve, you know, the one cent doubled. 31 times gives you $10,737,418.24. If you want to get your calculator out, it is two to the power of 30. I've done it many times. That's the answer. <laughs> it's a great analogy to help you to understand you just do this one little thing today and if you keep focused on that, it can be profound in, its, in the results that it gives you down the track. Um, but if you miss out one day and it doesn't matter whether it's the first day, the middle day or the last day, instead of getting $10,700,000, you get $5 million. It gets cut in half. The value gets cut in half. And I really believe that the law of the farm applies to what Ian is, is talking about. So what, what in your experience would be another uh, good thing just to watch out for, to look for to just start to begin to take a bit more of a coaching approach to their uh, their team rather than just go go there go there do this do that well i think i always start with looking at myself right what 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 am i bringing to the party now someone keeps asking the same question even albeit in a different way because it's a different day it's a different site but it's the same question Eventually, I'm going to get really ticked off and I'm going to, even if I give them the answer, the answer is going to come out like, what are you, some kind of, what are you, stupid? What, you don't get it? You know, it's going to come out in a derogatory fashion. And that can actually do more damage because, you know, here you, so you give them the guy the answer and he slinks away with his tail between his legs and it takes him half the morning to pick himself back up again. So how much have you lost in productivity that if you would have just stopped and said, okay, hold on, let's just, let's just unpack this a little bit. What, when you say, so, so maybe give us a typical example. What's a typical type question? And let's just work a real question here. Oh, I mean, it could be for a builder, you know, it could be a set out question. It could be, you know, a mathematical or or, or a, a, a geometric question, something like that. It could just be, what do we do first? Okay, so let's just take, so what's, what's first? What are we doing first, right? Now, if I am now going to lay out the plan, say, okay, well, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing. So, okay, based on uh, everything we did yesterday, what do you think should we, where do you think we should start today? Mm. And all we've done is we've just taken their, we've taken their question and we've just turned it back. And you can even just say, well, if you were me, what do you think we'd, I'd be suggesting we start where, where to start? It's just about getting people to think for themselves because if you've got all the responsibility on your shoulders, what are you paying them for? Yeah. 
They're just paying for their hands. You don't want just their hands. You want their minds because that's where the money, that's where you'll make the money. Yeah. And I guess that, that by continuing on with the way it is now is everybody is becoming habituated to the way it is now. So it's it's not only the, the team member is developing the habit of coming to you to ask the question because that's what we always do. Guess what habit you're uh, uh, building yourself. And, and the longer you do it, I guess the more difficult it is to, to right. check. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, if, if you're finding that the same 10 questions get asked, then write them down and print them out and say, yeah, here's the answers. Frequently asked questions. Frequently asked questions because that's true. That's what it, what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, and and it can be systemized, and it can be procedurized. And what I have found is, if you create, and this is one of the the um, this is the the monthly training webinar in Black Belt this month, is creating a procedure or yeah, cr- cr- creating a procedure based culture, where all of the the team members are actually pumped because they get the opportunity to put on the table the things that shit them, the things that bore them, the things that they hate doing, the things that frustrate them, and get everybody uh, to to make suggestions as to how we can make that more fun or get rid of it or automate it or, or, or whatever, and you make this really safe environment for people to put these situations on a table to get looked at, and then we look at some solutions and then the key to this is to bloody implement the solution so don't get this have this big meeting and come up with all of these things that are going to change the world because you won't implement that get a couple of small things uh, and get them implemented and people start to see that their their contribution has been listened to It, it it is worthwhile because it has been implemented they get they get a good feeling because they get rewarded and get significance for being responsible for this change that's positively affected the whole team, then after a little while, everybody wants to do that. And and in their own time, they're starting to think, how can we fix that? How can we, you know, um, sort this out? And there's there's a great book that uh, Sam and Simone put us on to, a couple of Black Belt members, and it's called The Two-Second Lean. And it's really all about the the you know the Toyota philosophy of of just saving two seconds here and three seconds there and man is it powerful so I can highly recommend that so um, we have this this show goes in the blink of an eye it's just so fast we have come to the end of our show um, I want to thank Ian for uh, putting the time aside to to be on the show and and sharing his wisdom and his knowledge with us uh, the good news for builders business black belt members is Mr. Ian Seagull is going to be joining us in Noosa for our uh, two-day intensive um, there's somebody coming up the stairs that is listening to this live and I'm hearing myself in my ear. So if you could turn that off, that'd be very good. Um, so up at Noosa, two-day intensive this uh, this July, Mr. Ian Seagull is going to be joining us. It's going to be awesome. I'm so pumped and looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. You're going to love it. You're going to get so much out of it. Um, and the second thing I just want to quickly share with you is I had... Uh, a blinding flash of the obvious. 
In the shower, can you believe that? Where do you get your blinding flashes, Ian? Oh, when I get them, I get them doing my morning stretches. Really? <laughs> That's pretty tame. I thought you were going to say, you know, on the john or something, something like that. But uh, we always, yeah, they're, they're, everyone has their special place to get these uh, blinding flashes. Uh, and um, today I, I just put out a a comment in Builders in a Circle and said, what sort of issues would you like covered in Builders Problem Solved? So I was just looking for some suggestions from the from the members in uh, Builders in a Circle so we could find some people to solve those problems because that's kind of the name of the show. And I thought that would make sense. But then I thought, what if we got some people in Builders in a Circle that started to put uh, forward some real life issues, some real life problems, and we invited them onto the show and also if we could find somebody else who was who's been there and had that problem but also fixed it so we could have someone uh, uh, having a problem solved and someone who's been there and done that helping them solve it and I just think it would be an awesome um, scenario. So think about that, you guys out there. I know I put it out there already. Uh, I think Michael Wilkinson put a, a terrific suggestion out. So, um, you know, that would be a good topic to, to talk about on a, a future uh, episode of Builders Problem Solve. So we'll be definitely looking into that. So please jump on uh, the Builders in a Circle, make a post and say, I would like help with this and uh, we'll see what we can do about finding the solution but also getting you on the show to unpack the problem in great detail and give you some very, very um, uh, measurable and doable actions that you can put in place to fix that problem. I'm uh, a bit pumped about that. It's uh, pretty exciting. We can get people like Ian and, and Angus Morrison and uh, some of our brilliant uh, Builders Business Black Belt members back on the show to help you out with specific uh, solutions to these problems. So there you have it. Any final words of wisdom to impart on our viewers this evening before we end this, Mr. Seagull? Yeah, I think if you're going to start uh, coaching, understand that coaching is a skill, and it like any skill, it takes time, and you're not going to put down, you know, not going to click out of this and say, right, I'm now, you know, going to start asking good coaching questions. Like anything, you've got to read up, you've got to learn, you've got to. But, you know, uh, the beauty is there's so much information today. You don't have to go to YouTube or uh, get on a podcast or something like that. And literally within the next 20, 30 days, you can really pick up a huge amount of knowledge that you can now go and use your team as practice. To yeah. Skill. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Builders in a Circle is definitely a place like that. I mean, we're, we're doing this podcast weekly. Um but on a daily, on a moment, on an hourly basis, it doesn't matter. You've got access to a lot of uh, a lot of experience, uh, a lot of tremendous uh, minds, amazing people in builders in a circle. So you just need to be able to raise your hand. And it seems to be sometimes a bit of an issue with us Australians. Uh, we don't like to ask for help. We f we feel that we should be able to do it ourselves but uh you know many hands make light work all of that sort of stuff and and here's the thing folks here's here's the thing that i really want you to understand is do you like it 
when somebody asks you a question or has a problem and you are able to solve it for them, you are able to, to help them. Does that feel good? Answer, yes. Everybody loves to do that. Everyone sort of has that, pumps their chest out and go, yeah, I, I contributed to that. I helped that person. And every time you have a problem and you keep it to yourself and you try and solve it yourself and you don't put your hand up and pop it in the comment section or put a post in Builders in a Circle, basically you're ripping everybody else off by not giving them the opportunity to help because I know everybody in that group wants to help. They get an absolute uh, boost out of helping. And by doing so, everybody starts to progress at a much, much higher rate. So uh, please start to ask more questions and um, reach out for more help through this incredible forum in Builders in a Circle. So that's it for this evening. Um, if you've got any questions, if you're going to watch the replay, you can still ask questions in the comment section here. Uh, we monitor it all the time. We'll be onto it like you wouldn't believe to give you the solutions, point you in the right direction. We'll be back next week with uh, another episode of Builders Problem Solved with Kim Edwards uh, all the way from Toowoomba, and we will be unpacking her genius in being able to uh, create procedures for the administration part of a building business. She has accomplished amazing things in a really short amount of time. Uh, so we're going to be putting the spotlight on her and grilling her for all of her uh, wisdom and experience to be able to help everybody in this group implement what she has done. So looking forward to that. Thank you, Mr. Ian. Looking forward to seeing you uh, in Noosa in July for our uh, two-day intensive. That is all. Thank you. Uh, please say goodbye, Ian. Thanks, guys. Um, it's it's been great. Of course, I look forward to seeing you guys. Thanks. It's been short. It's been great. Uh, that is it for this episode of Builders Problem Solved. We are done. Mick Hawes, Builders Business Black Belt. See you all again next week. Bye for now. Oh.